Hey, thanks so much for joining me on Build Your Tribe. Before we get started, I just want to mention that today's guest happens to be an incredibly successful entrepreneur who has built a seven-figure-plus business in less than two years. It's pretty remarkable. He also, coincidentally, is a graduate of the Marketing Impact Academy. If you've been hearing about this for years, if you know people who've gone through the program and you're hearing about their success and wondering if it's possible for you, the answer is yes. To learn more, please go to marketingimpactacademy.com. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Got Facebook? Need more money, more clients, more business? You're in luck because today you're going to learn exactly how you can use Facebook groups to either build your business, build engagement, improve the likelihood of your stuff being seen on Facebook, and even more exciting, how you can use Facebook groups to monetize your passion. It's so cool. So today my guest is Bob Heilig. I've had Bob on the show before. He's a great guy. I love what he stands for. I love what he does. He also happens to be a graduate of the Marketing Impact Academy. What Bob did is saw a need, a need in the marketplace. Bob serves network marketers, any network marketer. Now, you've heard of network marketing before or MLMs. Those are the people who sign up to become distributors. Many people think of Amway, like back in the day when your neighbor sold soap to you or household products. But now there are so many network marketing organizations that you might not even realize they are a network marketing organization from skincare to makeup, household goods, nutrition, exercise, supplements, clothing, food, legal fees and services, vitamins, pet supplies. You name it, for just about any product you can think of, there's probably a network marketing organization that offers that. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this model, it means there's products that are available and instead of paying a retail outlet a percentage of that sale, what network marketing organizations do is they offer a percentage to the distributor, the person who's selling it to their customers and also in conjunction with that, signing up other people to become distributors. Frankly, a lot of people try their hand at network marketing, but many of these people, most of these people fail because you really have to sign up with someone who's above you, which is referred to as your upline, who kind of knows what they're doing and can help train you and get you started. If you don't have that, then you better have the discipline and tenacity to figure it out yourself. And many people do, but a lot of people don't. If they don't have a great upline, they just think, oh, yeah, network marketing, it's not for me, it's all sales. And they kind of look around at what other people are doing and they try to do what other people are doing and that doesn't work. And, and eventually they're just like, yeah, it didn't work. I didn't like it. I hated it. It was all sales and I didn't have anyone to help me. Bob Heilig had that experience. He was one of those people who signed up as a network marketer and didn't have a great upline coach. He had to figure out how to be successful on his own. And what he discovered is that there was a lot of people, regardless of the organization, who didn't have a great upline coach, but that the principles of being an upline coach, the principles that a great upline coach are going to teach their students, their distributors, are virtually the same regardless of whether your product is ketone supplements or brightly colored leggings. Today, Bob is going to share with us how he's been able to do a couple things with Facebook groups. Number one, teach anybody, regardless of your business, whether you're in network marketing or not, how you can monetize a Facebook group. Number one. And number two, 
He's also teaching those who are in network marketing how to rethink that system and how to develop a system around it that's easier to replicate. Whether you have a love or a hate relationship with Facebook groups, I promise after this informative interview, you're going to rethink how you use them and be pretty excited about the potential. And Bob Heilig is here with us today. Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Shalene. Excited to be here. I have to say, this is an exciting topic for so many people because I don't think people understand exactly how they can monetize or even improve their business and the growth of their platform by using Facebook groups. So just to start us off, what is the number one, if you can give us like one reason why people need to consider using Facebook groups as part of their business building strategy, why is that? Yeah, I think it all comes down to attention, right? On social media, we as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, if we're not getting our message and our content in front of our prospects, then we're not going to get the desired result that we want. And I think social is really shifting and Facebook in particular, you know, um, they came out, Mark Zuckerberg came out with a big announcement last July where he basically said, we have a goal to have a billion of our members to be part of meaningful communities in groups. So they are really changing the rules of the game to try to get people to create communities and groups. And I think if, if we understand as entrepreneurs, the value of creating a community of like-minded individuals, if you can create a group around some sort of concept that you're passionate about, that means something to you and provide an environment where other people can all congregate together and share their ideas and their loves and their passions for this particular thing, that it, it increases the engagement and the chances just by the actual, you know, the logistics of the way the algorithm works. If somebody's a member of a group of yours, then that's them telling Facebook they see value in what you're doing. So when you post something in a group, it's going to be way more likely to be seen by them in the news feed because of that relationship that you have with them. Let me play devil's advocate and ask, why can't I just do that same thing, provide community and create incredible content that is valuable to people. Why can't I do that on my like page or on my, on my profile? Like that's what I thought I was doing. Why do I have to do this inside of a group? If you don't already have a very highly engaged audience, then starting out, it's pay to play. You're not going to build an audience on a like page by just posting based off of the changes that a Facebook have made. So you know, a like page for me, if you're just starting out, it's a place for you to run ads and to grow your brand that way. And if you've got a big enough audience, you know, I have a, a decent size audience on my like page. So I still do live videos there and, and I still get great engagement and reach. And, you know, the personal profile, I also think is that's the way you bring people into your world. So I create content on my profile and my like page that's the way that people find out about me. But I have just found that there is tremendous value in having someone see a video, kind of raise their hand and say, hey, I like what you do. And then say, look, I've got this private community that if you like what I'm doing here, you can be a part of this. And here's the difference. If I'm a part of a group, I have the ability as a community member to also add valuable, relevant content to the group. Someone's not going to come to my 
profile and post on my profile for the benefit of all my followers. Mm. But in a group, the goal is not to just create another place where you have to do a bunch of training over and over. It's creating a community where you're the facilitator of the group. You start and facilitate conversations, but the value to the people that are in there is so much greater than just what you're doing on a daily basis. I think to me, that's really the value of having a Facebook group uh, in the world today. You know, I'd like to hear a couple of different scenarios, different types of ways that our listeners could use a Facebook group, um, depending upon their the type of business they have, so they can really start to think creatively. Yeah, sure. So I, in my business, you know, the the, the audience that I serve is the network marketing profession. So I have a lot of my students. What they'll do is they'll take. They'll base their group around the products or category of products that their company markets. Because I just believe that when, when we're talking about network marketing, it's, it's easier to build a community around products than it is just an opportunity. Um, so like, for example, if somebody has one of my students, Jessica, started her clean product junkie group. So she's in a group that are in a company that markets, you know, non-toxic household products, and they have this whole mission of helping people live a clean life. And she started a group that she calls her clean product junkie. And what she does is she brings people together who also have this passion for uh, non-toxic products and people that are curious that say, hey, I've been hearing a lot about this. I want to learn more. And, and what they do is they can join her group. And then inside of that group, she's basically creating a community and using things like live video and creating different topics for people to talk about. But the vast majority of it is not her just trying to sell and promote and market her products. It's her just adding value to the overall concept. And I think that's important because where a lot of people go wrong is they start these Facebook groups just for the idea of selling. A lot of my students will have these what they call VIP customer groups mm-hmm. where they only have their customers in there, people that have bought, and all they do is post sales and promotions. And the problem with that, you're not going to grow a group big that way. And if I'm not in the market to buy at this particular moment, I ain't paying attention into your group because there's no reason for me to be there. So if you're in a nutritional company, maybe you start a, a health and wellness group. I have a lot of my students are in like skincare companies. So we've taught a lot of them to, because they're like, well, how do I, you know, how can I make a generic group around just something as specific as skincare? And I said, well, what if you did a, you know, a beauty on the inside and out type of a concept of a group where, you know, beauty is not just about your skin, it's inside of you, it's your confidence, your belief, the way you feel about yourself, the way you treat yourself. So we've had people that have created these really amazing groups built around these bigger, because I think the thing is, Shaleen, it needs to have a bigger purpose. People need to join that group and they need to really feel like that they're a part of something that's much bigger than just being marketed and promoted to. And whether you're in network marketing, whether you have an online business or you're just looking to grow an online brand, there's tremendous value in this idea to do that. Would you agree that part of the appeal or the allure of a group is that it helps us to realize one very basic human need, which is we all want to belong. 
And to be invited into a group or to, you know, raise your hand and to ask to join a group and then get approved, there's something very different about that versus just liking a page. Like you actually, you belong to a group. Yes, 100%. It's, it's that, and, and that's actually, I think, becoming harder and harder for people to do on just regular social media today because it, it, there is so much content out there that people are really kind of losing that feel so that once again, coming together in a community of people, they feel like they're a part of something. And, you know, I've seen that firsthand in my group that I've started, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. That's the thing that people really love. Like people will do more for recognition and belonging sometimes than they will even financial gain because a lot of entrepreneurs, when they first start their business, they're not making a lot of money. So it's this type of stuff that actually keeps them around and keeps them in the game. And this obviously is a concept that can apply to anyone. You know, if you've got a passion, something you're very knowledgeable about, there are ways for you to use groups and monetize Facebook groups. And we're going to talk about so many exciting ideas for you today. But one I'm really familiar with, and I also hear is very cumbersome and can be very taxing for network marketers is this idea where every month they're starting new groups or maybe even more than one group in a month because what they're doing is they're bringing in prospects they're doing as you said providing excellent content keeping them accountable talking about all kinds of things not just their product but creating these groups monthly and then a certain percentage of those prospects eventually become customers maybe even sign up as distributors but they've got so many groups going that I think there's not, or what needs to take place is, is a system. They need a system so that they know, okay, when do I open this group and when do I close my group? So what suggestions do you have for those entrepreneurs who are already using Facebook groups, but they've gotten out of hand? They've got so many of them, they don't know how to end them and if it's okay to close a group. Yeah, I've got a pretty strong opinion on this. I, Shalene, I don't know about you, but I need to be a part of another Facebook group. Like I need another hole in my head. Amen. <laughs> People do not like, I don't need to be in your group. Okay. I love you, but I don't want to be in your group. I got enough groups. So that being said, I've got an, I've got an, a, a philosophy on this that, that kind of flies in the face of what a lot of other people teach. I do not think you should be starting a new group every time you do something. Because you lose the power of the social proof of one or two really well-run groups that the content is carefully orchestrated and the experience is intentionally created. So here's an example of what I'm talking about. A lot of people that I teach will do these challenges, right? And mm -hmm. every time they do a challenge, they start a new group. And it's like a lot of they'll have people in their downline that all do the same thing. So it's like you've got dozens and dozens of people that have these little groups with 10, 12 people, 15, and they keep starting new ones. And I'm like, well, how is that an effective strategy? I'm like, first of all, 99% of that groups, they're not being run the right way. So there's zero results happening. I said, what if you did this? What if you created one group and you allowed your team to be a part of that group and you had a handful of people that were responsible for running the administration, administration, setting the rules and the guidelines. And you could let your people leverage your talents and abilities to run successful groups when you know that they don't have the ability to do that. But why not run the challenges in the group? 
Like one group, you run a challenge every 60 to 90 days. Everyone on the team can invite people to be a part of the challenge. You get way more people doing it. There's way more social proof. There's way more excitement. And there's duplication because you know that they're being run effectively. Mm. So I just teach a different strategy. Now, having said all that, I also like to say this to people. If what you're doing is working, then there's no need to change. Mm-hmm. But I, but I want to challenge people to be honest with themselves. If, if what you're doing is only working for you and it's not duplicating in your team, then is it really working? Yeah. Is it really helping you achieve your overall business goal? And what as a leader should be one of your number one priorities is to serve and help the people that are in your group to help them be successful, which in turn will bring so much more value and success to your business. I love that. Let's switch gears from network marketing to the person who's not clear 100% yet what their business is, but they do know they tend to attract people who are very interested in their expertise. And they're considering this idea of starting a private Facebook group where they can kind of go deep and serve this specialized community. How would you charge for that? And is that something that people are able to do and not get in trouble with Facebook uh, policies and regulations? The way that Facebook policies actually work is technically, if you're only charge, if you're charging people to be a part of a Facebook group, if that's the only thing you're offering them, Mm -hmm. then that's a violation of their policies. Got it. But here's the right way to do it. This is the way I have a membership program. Here's how we do it. We use uh, Kajabi, which is Mm -hmm. a membership platform. Love them. And we charge people a monthly fee to get access to our Kajabi, their account membership in Kajabi, where we host a lot of content. And the Facebook group is actually a free add-on to the community. Mm -hmm. So the way we market it is a bonus is we've created this community in, in Facebook. Now, I know a lot of people, I've spoken to a lot of people that have memberships where people are paying monthly for content and they're very resistant to this idea of starting a Facebook group because they, they're like, man, that's going to be a lot of work. And now I have to be show you. That's not true. See, the beauty of this is you can determine and define the terms and the expectations of how you show up in the group. But I can tell you this, that it's like, it drives like it kind of drives me crazy a little bit because we have so much amazing content in our membership. We still have people that have been in our membership for six months. They don't even know we have a membership site. Like people will be like, "Well, what what's the membership site?" And I'm just, I just shake my head. Are you saying or suggesting that they're inside the Facebook group getting their knowledge from the Facebook group? Yeah. They don't even realize that the foundation is inside the membership group. Yeah, yeah. and now what I do is I do, uh, we do these monthly kind of, we call them master classes. And because I know that people are going to be much more likely to see the content on Facebook than take the time to log in and search and find it, I actually broadcast the master class. Um, we use Zoom and I have their webinar add-on so I can broadcast live right onto Facebook. And we do our presentations um, live streamed right into our group. So people can get on in the Facebook group and see it. The recording of it is in there so they can access that. And then we take the recording 
and we put it into our membership area. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're trying to hit them from all different angles. You're hitting them from wherever wherever they are. That's where they're going to find your content. So you're just you're just making sure if their natural propensity is to look on Facebook, they're going to see it. If they're logging into the membership site, they're going to see it. Yeah. Here's the other thing that we've done, which to me was one. This was a game changer for us. We use uh, we use messenger bots. So mm-hmm. we do Facebook messenger marketing. Mm-hmm. So what we had everyone do, this is a great tip for anybody that has a membership. On our thank you page of our people that enrolled, I created a video and we had a big call to action to subscribe to our Facebook messengers, our notifications. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is anytime I go live in the group, I send a reminder to everyone through Facebook message. We have over 5,000 people that get this message every time I go live. Mm-hmm. And I get, engage- I get people showing up. But we had, we had 2,200 people on a live video that I did in our Facebook group in January. Wow. But, but people, because we live you know, in this kind of instant society where it's like if we're not thinking of it right when it happens, we miss it. It's like this immediate reminder like, oh, Bob's going live. Let me get in there. Because you can have the greatest content and training on the planet that will literally change people's lives, but it is only as good as if they consume it. Mm -hmm. And the number one reason when we poll people that cancel our membership, the number one reason is they weren't, they weren't using it. They didn't Mm -hmm. have time to get into content. Yeah. So, so that to me, having a Facebook group, we know this is where people are spending most of their time. So why not add that as an additional thing? And, you know, we've built a hugely successful membership program in six months. And like I said, people stick around for the community. Well, you certainly don't feel obligated to answer this question, but um, can you share with us the size of your Facebook group? And, and is this something you charge monthly for? Yeah. So yeah, I have no problem. Um, We, so we have right now, um, we, we peaked out at like uh, 9,000 members. We did a trial in January and uh, we've, we've kind of settled right into right around uh, just over like 5,500 members. So wow. we charge uh, $57 a month. This membership, essentially a Facebook group that I show up in a couple of times a week and do mm-hmm. some training is gonna, you know, gonna produce over three million dollars a year in revenue for our business this year. That is outstanding. Yeah, and we just launched it September. We're literally we're six months into it right now. Another really common complaint that I hear from people when they have a Facebook group is that it turns into a time suck when, and especially it becomes cumbersome when they're allowing members to post in it because it will just even if they're not even if they're abiding by policies, right? Like, so they're not promoting themselves necessarily. They're not on there whining and complaining about the fact they have to take their cat to the vet, but they're just dipping into your content, let's say, or talking about topics that are no longer relevant or they're out of sequence or they're very self-serving. I often hear, and I've experienced this myself, where a Facebook group then just becomes it's a time suck. I've got to scroll through so much content to figure out like, okay, where's the stuff that I want and that's on topic, and that's relevant and credible. I know that you are a fan of allowing people in the group to post. Is there ever an instance where you think that actually doesn't serve the group members, that they should probably just be posting under the admins post? Yes. So I'll give you some examples. Okay. So one of the things that we found out really quickly 
is our group ballooned to almost 10,000 people in January. We did a trial, a dollar trial. And it literally quickly became my entire Facebook newsfeed where people saying, hey, I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So really quick, I was like, OK, to my team, I'm like, look, we need to change something. So what we did, you know, this is just an example. Instead of encouraging people to post their welcome, we created a post and told them in the comments to introduce themselves. So we consolidated things in one post. Here's the post. Here's the comment. And then the key, though, to making this work, you 100 percent must have your group set up. Uh, in a specific way. It must, all posts should be approved by an admin, number one, because you must filter out the stuff that you don't want. And you've got to create strict guidelines and rules telling people what they can and cannot be posting. So for example, I have a community of you know network marketers that um, thousands of people represent dozens of companies we don't want people posting company names and sharing specific stuff because that opens a floodgate and there's a real slippery slope there. Mm-hmm. So if somebody makes a post and, it, and it ha- it's company specific, we very politely will reach out to them. We'll tag them in our rules and regulations, which we pin to the top of the group. We'll say, hey, would you mind reposting using the correct rules? And then that's what they'll do. So I think it's a combination of just being smart, trying to aggregate content. We also tell our members they're not allowed to post more than twice per day. So we have strict rules and guidelines set up. And the idea is that either you have from the start multiple people that are set up as admins. If you're, you know, like for me, I have, you could have a virtual assistant that you could pay to, uh, to monitor and approve comments very inexpensively. Um, if you're running a network marketing team, you could have a couple of your leaders that are all well-versed in what is good and not good content, and you share the load. And and I think, Shalene, the other thing for me, because the question that I get is like, man, are you like literally living in Facebook just all the time? I Because I, you know, then they're thinking, well, that's so overwhelming. And overwhelm comes from randomness of work. So if you're just constantly like at, with no rhyme or reason in the group, out of the group, you're going to be overwhelmed and I'm not overwhelmed. And there are specific days and times when I am creating content inside of a group, you can schedule your posts. So over the weekend or you know on Monday morning, all of my content's already scheduled in the group, ready to go. So I don't even need to be in the group posting every day. So these are just some examples of working smart mm-hmm. using some of the uh, features that Facebook gives us in terms of how we create content in a group. I'm trying to think of an example where I would enjoy being a member of a group where I'm seeing everyone's posts and feedback. So I'm just speaking personally, like there's a couple of groups that I belong to where the only person, the only reason I'm in the group is because of the expert. And I, I really don't care what all these other people I don't want to sound rude, but you know, there's a lot of people who like they don't have a life outside of their Facebook group. And so they love the authority and the credibility that they have in this life inside this Facebook group. And I find it in a huge waste of time. And I didn't join the group to see this person post anyways. They love to become like the know it all in the group. So I personally much prefer groups where I know the expert or the the admin, the person who started the group, is the only one that's posting. And then if I want to see other people's opinion or feedback or tips, whatever, I'm going to see it underneath the admin's post. 
So convince me why that model is less effective or less useful. Yeah. So I think there's two different types of people that are in my group as well. You have person A who is who is new new to their business. They're struggling. They're in the group because they're looking for help and they're looking for answers. And that person, they and and quite frankly, too, Shaleen, like a lot of these people that become part of my community, they're doing that because they're not getting the support and inspiration they need from anyone else outside of it. So sometimes it's literally just as simple as knowing that someone can 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 post a question and just have somebody respond back to them. That makes sense. They literally have nowhere else where they can get that. We yeah, have a that makes sense. You know, it, now it's a little easier for me because because my group's so profitable, we've built out a team, but we have a philosophy that we call no comment left behind. Wow. And I have a VA, I have a VA that literally, you know, you know, you mean you know more about VAs than I do, right? Mm-hmm. You teach it. All she does is just look for comments and just respond. So they know somebody's getting back to them. So you've got person A, right? That's like that. But then you have person B, who's probably like you and me. I would feel the same way Mm -hmm. where you're not in the group because, you know, um, community or making new friends. Like we've already got enough friends, right? right? But you're in the group because you saw value in the person that started the group. Here's why it's so important for there to be some structure and a schedule. So my group members, they know exactly when I am going to be training inside the group. They know that I do office hours every Thursday at three o'clock and that they can pop in there and they can watch me then. They know when our masterclass is going to be every month. We do hot seat coaching where I select group members and we jump on Zoom and broadcast it into the group. And we just coach out loud. And so everybody knows ahead of time exactly when this is going to be. And then every Saturday, we send a weekly roundup with links to exactly the most important and impactful stuff that happened in the group. So they can just click right from their email and consume the content. So we're, we, we, think, we think very carefully about the experience of the group. But I also love, that's why messenger notifications are so great. Because mm-hmm. I flat out told people, look, turn your group notifications off. Like, mm. just turn them off. Like, yeah. you know, when I go live, you're going to know because you're going to get a message from me mm-hmm. and you can come into the group whenever you want to, but you're not getting your news feed flooded. And Facebook's actually even being more protective now where they're automatically shielding people from, you know, they just re- they just change the um, kind of the settings of groups where a lot of people don't even realize this. Facebook changed their group settings so they're not seeing posts anymore. And they don't even realize it. They're just like, hey, I don't see posts anymore. So, mm. you know, there's definitely things you can do to minimize that and to improve the experience for the members. So it sounds like it's really more about the type of group that you have and how you mean for that group to serve its members. Yeah. So maybe there isn't, an, a, a, you know, there's only one way to do it because the examples that you gave are great. They're sufficient to me. I, I can see in those situations, yeah, especially with in the line of work that you're in, they need a place where they can actually go and ask their questions. So I love that. If I have a, a large Facebook group, I realize now after listening, you know, this far into the interview, I realize now that I've got something here I could definitely be monetizing, but I haven't. And I've got 10,000 people in this big group and I'm spending all this time in it. And I'm like, dang, I should have, I should have figured out a way to monetize this. What would your recommendation to me be? Would you tell me to shut it down and start over? Would you um, let them know there's a new policy and people had to, like, how would you handle that? 
Yeah. So what, what I would say is, you know, you can't, you can't charge people to be in a group that's been free, right? Mm-hmm. So let, let, let me take a step back and so maybe- You clear. basically would have to start a new group. You would have to start a new group mm-hmm. if you're looking to just straight up get paid on the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I would argue that you could do both. Why would you, if you have a big community, why would you not leverage that in some way, shape or form? Mm-hmm. So- and, you know, I'm a MIA graduate, so, you know, I know a lot of your students are learning about free giveaways mm-hmm. and funnels and stuff like that. So here's what I would do. I would be just creating a community inside this big group I already have. Okay. I'd be marketing my free giveaways and my webinars and all these amazing things that I'm doing for free mm-hmm. to help people get value out of the community. And then on the back end of that, I'd be doing the selling for my paid group and my other stuff. Define what you mean by on the back end, I would be doing these things. You know, like maybe somebody opts in to get a free guide that I created and then they get an offer for a course that I have. Okay. Right. So there's a one time offer for, hey, you know, great. Thank you. I got this course and maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. But I got a special deal for you or they go into an email sequence where at some point you're kind of um, warming them up for this membership that you have that is related to this kind of community that you're already in. But let me tell you why you may want to consider joining because we do all this other stuff. It's structured learning. You get more of my time. So, you know, just some ideas of how you could still do both um, at the same time. But I think, look, the vast majority of people, they don't have that already. So they're starting probably from scratch or they have a group maybe that's got like 100 people in it. So I think that they can probably Which is still, if you think about it, can be pretty sizable. And depending upon what it is you offer uh, and, and how much value you're providing would dictate the price, the monthly price that you could charge for your membership. Are you familiar with the Patreon model for podcasting? I've heard of them a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, I'm not intimately familiar with how it works. Well, it's interesting because it, 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 in some ways, I think it relates. Um, so podcasts are free. For the most part, so several of the uh, podcasts that I listen to, especially the entertainment podcasts, I noticed they started producing less, fewer episodes. And then I started hearing them promote ads for a platform, a paid platform, where you, it's a very nominal fee, like you pay $5 a month, $10 a month. And that's where you get their weekly shows. Now, if you're a really big fan, as I am of some of these shows, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want a show every other week. I want it every week or twice a week. So I pay for this Patreon level of membership that gives me that extra content. It's interesting because sometimes I think to myself when I'm listening to podcasts, I can't believe I'm getting this for free. I can't believe this expert is just sharing this information. I would pay for, I would totally pay for this. I pay more than $5 a month. I pay $5 per episode. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because it takes a shift in our mindset especially for those listeners who are like, oh, I can't imagine myself doing this. I've been doing it for free for so long. But could you change that model? And if it's really valuable to people, is it not time to, to, for you to value what it is you're giving to people and to put a premium on it and maybe keep your, your free group, but offer something special for people who want to be a part of a membership group? I think yep. it's really powerful. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, what if I, I'm giving away all my best stuff for free? Why are people going to buy from me? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I always try to challenge people and I say, look, you got to understand in the world of social today, the only way you stand out and really crush it is your free stuff has to be better than 
would most people charge for? You know, I gave away so much of my best stuff for free in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and that's why I got noticed, right? And Mm -hmm. I think, but over time, when you're building a business and you're thinking of how do these pieces fit together, you know, I have a podcast and it's, it's one of my passions. It's one of my favorite things that I do. And I do, just like you, these long form trainings, right? But there's a reason why I'm doing that. I'm, I'm gra- that's my lead generation. I'm bringing people into my world that way. Mm-hmm. And then I'm saying, hey, look, I've created this community and we do this other stuff. So it's almost like a lot of times in your free content, tell them what to do. So give the what away for free and, and charge them for the how. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, go more in detail, the actual tactics, give them the guides and, and break it down for them, the system. That's the thing that people pay for. But I've even found that people just pay because they want to get closer to you. Absolutely. And they also will pay for accountability. One thing I've learned, as you said, Bob, if I can give something away for free and you actually use it and it has an impact, it makes an impact on your life, then I'm good for it. Then I'm building trust with you. I'm building a relationship. But I'm, I'm going to tell you my worst customers are the freebies. You know, the, those same people who walk around the grocery store over and over and over again looking for the free sample table and they're... And they just keep hitting that table up over and over again. And they're, they're just a little weird. Let's face it. And they're, they're entitled and demanding. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, our absolute nightmare customers are the people who are not customers. The ones yep. who, you know, bog down our customer service, complain the loudest, expect the most, have the highest and most unrealistic demands are the freebie people. I'm not trying to please those people. I'm frankly, I'm trying to attract the people who are willing to invest, not in me, invest in themselves. Yeah. We, I have a funny story. We, had a, we did a dollar. We tested out a dollar trial, ah. a 30-day trial. And we thought that if we promoted, if we lowered the, the, you know, the barrier for entry for someone, our, my thought was that we'll get a bunch of people that normally would not have paid our normal $57 a month. We'll get some of those people to get behind the curtains and see what we're all about and people that we normally would not have gotten. But once they saw the value, they would stick around. And it was a huge success. We tripled the size of our membership. But what I did notice was for the 30 days, the Facebook group was like insanity. And my team (laughs) was like hating me. They're like, what did you do? Mm. And what's so funny is. We had, no joke, at least two dozen people that legitimately emailed support asking if, the, if they could get their dollar refunded. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, they wasted more money just yeah. sending the email. <laughs> yes. oh, can, I, can we just collectively pinch those people's heads off? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to work with those kind of people. I don't. So stay, repel, repel. Like, where's the repel spray? What recommendations do you have for someone who's considering or a resource for us where you can help us understand best practices when starting our own Facebook group? Yeah, I do. I, I've done this special here for this audience. In my membership, we did a masterclass just this past month on Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. I created, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's a 15 page PDF guide that has the nine steps of setting a group up and starting it, Mm. different types of groups that I recommend, and even, I think most important, dozens of content creation strategies that Mm. this thing is literally paint by numbers. If you've never had a group, there it is. Or if you've got a group, this will give you some great ideas. So um, so I actually set it up where I'll give it away to free uh, for anybody that's interested. Okay. Um, 
All they have to do is go to, and I'm sure you'll share the link, uh, bobheilig.com forward slash uh, Facebook groups. Bob, can you spell your last name for our listeners? Yep. H-E-I-L-I-G, bobheilig.com forward slash Facebook, all spelled out, Facebook groups with an S. Perfect. That's a great resource. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Last thing I want to say is I think what you're doing is amazing because if there's one thing I hear over and over again, it's from people who listen to Build Your Tribe who they they know they want to do something more than what they're doing. They just, the right business hasn't come to them. And they, so they, they just don't know what it, in quotations, is yet. And I always suggest to people, one of the best places to start is with network marketing. Find products that you align with, that you believe in them. Not that you have to force yourself, but like you legit believe in them. And start there because it's some of the best training you can get in terms of being an entrepreneur, a thought leader, someone who knows how to use social media to build a brand and awareness, you can get that through network marketing. The challenging part is once you find the right organization, having the right upline coach. And I I think you've really done such an amazing service to those people out there who don't have the right upline coach. It's like, you know, now maybe you don't have to worry about finding the right upline coach. You can just pick the company you want to go with and and Bob can be your virtual upline. Yep, I should use that. <laughs> oh, I did use it. That's right. <laughs> That's so fun. Do you think, is it an excuse that people make when they say, oh, you know, I tried network marketing, but it wasn't for me. I didn't get any help. Or, it was, it, yeah, it wasn't for me. It was all sales. What do you say to someone who um, says they tried it and it just wasn't for them? Yeah, I think the the key to being successful in any business is you need the right strategies, right? If you're implementing the wrong strategies, it doesn't matter how motivated or how hard you are work, you're going to fail. And I think the vast majority of people that say, I tried, it didn't work for me. The reality is it's not that it didn't work for you. It's that you didn't really work it the way that you needed to. Mm -hmm. And and that's the case with any business. But I'll tell you, I've created an entire business and I'm trying to create a movement changing the way that people approach their network marketing businesses. And a big part of that is social media. And, you know, my, you know, I feel like I need to film a public service announcement. I've been talking about this for so long, but like I get on my soapbox and I say, look, we have a responsibility to be better. Like it's no, re- you know, no surprise the, w- the way that people perceive this type of a business because all they see when they go to social media is a bunch of nonsense. Mm. It's, it's infomercials, promoting, selling. It's people that don't really understand what social media is all about. So if we can start from the point where we educate ourselves and we use strategies that work in the world today and we have the right philosophy where we're not just trying to take from social, it's very clear to me if somebody, I call this the success mindset where all they're in the business for is their own personal gains. The only thing that matters to them. Mm -hmm. And I know these people because all they do is sell and promote. Every post is carefully scripted. Can I get a sale? Oh, gosh, yes. Can I get a recruit? It's horrible. That's the stuff that turns people away. It don't work anymore because there's so many people trying to do it. And social has shifted from quantity to quality. Yeah. And you got to produce quality content. You got... So it's like we're trying to really shift 
the way people approach social media. I believe if we can get more people, because there's so many amazing people in this profession, like some of the best people I've ever met in my life are in network marketing businesses. But here's the problem. Those are not the people you see when you go to social media. That's true. I love that. Bob, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today, giving us so many ideas, so many strategies, and also congratulations on the success and finding a need and then filling it because that is how, that's how we can make a difference in the world, make a lot of money doing it, and it never has to feel like work. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, Shalene, I, I learned from you in my early days. I told mm-hmm. you, you, you were one of the first podcasts I listened to. So I love that. thank you for leading the way and being a shining light for people like me to follow. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we will definitely have you back again. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much, Shalene. That was a great interview. I hope that you had as much fun as I did. It's no coincidence that many of the experts I end up featuring on this show happen to be not just really successful entrepreneurs, they also happen to be graduates of the Marketing Impact Academy. I'm a firm believer that if you've got star pupils, people who haven't just taken the information and applied it, but they've excelled with it and exceeded your expectations, and they are leaders in their own right, you as a coach, you as a a person who's a teacher, you have an obligation to promote them and highlight them. So I love sharing your stories. If you are a Marketing Impact Academy student or grad, please reach out to me and let me know if you've got a story and expertise that you think would be perfect for the show, the podcast. Reach out to us by going to my podcast manager, Brett, that's with one T, B-R-E-T, at shaleenjohnson.com. As always, it is my goal to be brief, to be bright, and then be done. But before we're done, I just want to tell you, I really do appreciate you. Thank you for spending this time with me. And don't forget to hit Bob up. Let him know that you heard the show. Be sure to take advantage of the free download that he offers. And hey, if you happen to have a couple of extra minutes today and you want to make my day, I would love for you to write a review for Build Your Tribe. Take a screenshot of it and then send it to me so that... I have the opportunity to say thank you. I love you. Talk to you soon. 